Hello and welcome to Fields Church. This message on living victoriously in challenging times by Pastor Richard Smith was recorded during our live online services in February 2021. We hope that you enjoy it. Amen. That's oh, that must be me. Hi everyone, how are you all doing? You all okay? Put your thumbs up. Uh, great to see everybody. Want to welcome you. Want to welcome all of our guests today. Happy Valentine's Day. Who got a Valentine's card today? Who's got chocolate? Who's got extra chocolate they can send to me because I haven't got any at the moment. Um, we're we're continuing our message on living victoriously in difficult times. This is the last part. This is part three. Uh, so we're going to continue that in a second. I'm going to give you about four scripture references because I normally have quite a few scriptures so you can get those ready so you can turn in your Bibles very quickly. I just want to thank everyone for giving, continuing to give into the work of fields. We believe we're good soil and we're doing lots with the finance that comes in. So continue doing that. We're sowing to our missionaries who need our help at this particular time. It's very difficult and challenging for those guys in Swaziland, especially those overseas in Swaziland and um, and in India as well, and all of our local charities that we support as well. So we want to thank you for the giving. I've got a, a great announcement. We have two guest speakers for the next two weeks. One was a surprise. So that surprise is going to be next week. So nudge your neighbour, push the per- person in front of you, yeah, on the side of you, on the left and the right, and say, you need to be here. Esther and I are going to take a a few days off for half term. We're going to uh, just uh, chill a little bit and uh, just enjoy uh, some time together. So we will be around if people really need us. We're always uh, there for people if you need us. And uh, I've got some really exciting news. We're starting Christianity Explored on the 1st of March. We're going through the book of Mark. And uh, it's all about Jesus. Now, this is a real follow on from Alpha. Who enjoyed Alpha? I enjoy every Alpha. I get so much, so much out of Alpha. We've done it a number of times now. Last time we did it uh, virtually like this and we wondered, is this going to work? And it was amazing. Uh, So this is basically for new Christians, but we're going to open it up to the church as well. We've got a number of people that are going to help us run the course. We're hoping for two, maybe three groups of six, if that's possible. So if you need any information, any more information, please get hold of me and uh, I can uh, direct you to what we're doing. OK, have you got your Bibles? Got your Bibles? I want you to turn to these passages of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 1, that's in the New Testament. And then you can jot these other ones down and you can get them all ready on a bit of paper. If you're taking notes, it's good that we take notes so that we can go over the message again. I love the testimonies this morning. It's really great to hear people's testimonies. And I'm so glad the work, the word works for you, Jane, in more ways than one. I think that is amazing. That Bible just, you know, propping you up, propping that bed up. Just I, I love that. Uh, next time, if you get your feet trapped, don't forget to put it under your feet. Then you can be standing on the word. Right. Romans 1.16 is the next one after that. Ephesians 3.20. Esther's favourite verse, that is. And then Ephesians 5, and then we'll go back to Thessalonians. So are you to 1 Thessalonians 1 yet? Just a little bit of a backstory. You know, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter 
to this Thessalonian church that he planted. And Thessalonica is in Greece and the Jews were stirring up trouble. Who else? Because Paul received many Jewish converts. And one of the problems was that the church was facing persecution. And we've spoken a lot about that, you know, trouble, the problems that people have. And we all have persecution to some degree. And Paul was really worried about this fledgling church. And he wanted to send, he couldn't go because he and I think Silas were out going somewhere else. And um, he sent Timothy to check out their faith. And um, so he wanted to check up on the church. So in these verses we're going to look at, we're going to see six keys to help us live a victorious life. Now, these are really simple truths. But like Cindy said last week, I want to thank you, Cindy, for sharing your testimony. You know, when we go through problems, she woke up and she wasn't feeling that great. And then she remembered, what have I got to do? I've got to praise God. And she began to pray. She came on, gave her testimony. Then after the service, she felt really blessed. So it's the simple things. We forget to do the simple things. So this is a simple message. Are you at 1 Thessalonians yet? I love these letters. We're going to read from the New Living, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 4. We know that God loves you, dear brothers and sisters. Say that, God loves me. Do you believe that this morning? God loves you. Look at that. And he chose you to be his own people. How many chosen people do we have here this morning? Poke your neighbour and say you're chosen. Point to yourself and say, I'm chosen. Now, I want you to underline the words that I'm going to highlight in these next few verses. Go to verse five with me. So Paul continues and he says, for when we brought you the good news, this is good news. We've got a lot of bad news on the news. This is really good news. That's what the gospel is. It's good news. It was not only with words, underline the word words, but also with power. Everyone say power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. So the first key to living a victorious life is remembering that God's word is powerful. If the word of God was powerful for those guys back then, and it worked for those people back then, then God's word is powerful for us today, for you and me. How many of you have experienced the power of God in your life? Let me see. Yeah, two of you. That's great. I'm really encouraged by that. You should be pumped this morning. I'm really excited about this message this morning. I want you to turn with me to Romans 1.16. So we got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Then you got Romans. And it's good to flip in your Bibles. That's why you should bring your Bibles and take notes so you can go over the message afterwards. We're talking about the power of God. Look at this. Where does that come from? The New King James, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the gospel, for it is the power of God. You can underline those words, the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. How many of you believe this morning? That's for you. This power is for you. And not only is it for you, we're going to find out where it is. So if you're saved, how many saved people we got here this morning? Come on, let's make some whoop whoops. Yeah, if you're saved, you're, that's great. See the hands going up. Thanks, Steve. Love Steve's waving about. I love it. I'm going to jump up and down in a minute if no one else does. Right. If you're saved, you've already experienced the power of God. But where is God's power? The Apostle Paul tells us, keep your place in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to 
jump down to Ephesians 3.20. This is Esther's favourite verse. And what I'd love you to do is see that in other translations. I'm going to read it out of the New King James. But I think the passion is really descriptive with it. Now to him, that's God who is able. Everyone say God is able. You know, God is able to deliver you from every situation that you find yourself in. Amen. Even propping a bed up with a Bible. I think that's a a step. I'm not going to forget that. I think that's amazing. I'm going to keep a Bible right by my bed. I've got them all over the place, but I'm going to put one by my bed now, just in case. How about you? Now to him who is able, God is able to him uh, to do exceedingly. So he's not just going to do what we ask him. He's going to do what? Exceedingly abundantly. How amazing is that? Above all that we ask or think according to the power that works where? In us. This power works within us. You know, the word power, and I'm sure some of, some of you might know this, some of you might not if you're not familiar. The Greek for power is dunamis. That's where we get the, the word dynamite from. Like small things come in small packages, uh, powerful things come in small packages. Is that the right way around? I can't remember now. The word here is dunamis, God's miraculous working power. And where's that power? Working in us. It works in us. And where do we get this power? Let's have a look at Ephesians 5.18. I know I'm going through this quite quickly, but turn quickly. That's good. You all okay this morning? I can see you getting the head down. Thank you, Danny and Kimberly, for the worship this morning. I really enjoyed the worship. I love it when it's stripped back sometimes. It's just raw, just you, the guitars. And it was really nice. And the communion was great, Kimberly. And again, I want to just thank everyone for serving and doing everything to make these services happen. It's really important that we connect like we do live. So here we are, Ephesians 5.18. Are you there yet? It says, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. You know, Paul charges these believers to be filled with the spirit. The word filled here is in the continuous present tense. It's not a one-off filling. It's, it means to keep on being filled. You know, this is the second key for us to live a victorious life. Keep being filled with the Spirit. How many of us remember that, you know, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit isn't just a one-off event? It's where we can keep going to God every day and asking Him to fill us afresh. How many of us do that every day? How many of us go to God and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to experience today. Like Jane, she got up, she didn't know what she was going to experience. And she had that terrible thing happen to her. She said, that's that's drastic, isn't it? She could have lost her arm. And, you know, if we're continually being filled with the spirit, I believe God will warn us of things to come. That's what I believe. So this is the second key. Keep on being filled to the spirit. And we've got to remember that God's power His power works in us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, this power wasn't just available when we were saved. This power is available to us every single day. Do we even ask God to use us? You know, there's what we call the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, and there are many gifts. Do we often ask God uh, the morning when we get up, Lord, 
You know, I don't just want to pray for myself. I want to pray for others. I thank you, Father God, for the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the gifts of, of the Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you could use me to use those gifts to bless somebody else. I think that's really important for us to do that. So God's power works inside of us. And what does it do? It transforms us from the inside out. And notice that is plural. God's power works in us. So if it works in, that means everybody. It works in you and it works in me. This power isn't just for special people. Although you're special, nudge your neighbour and say you're special. Husbands, look your wife in the eye and say you're special. Wives, look your husband in your eye and say you're special. Everyone quickly run to a mirror and point in the mirror and say you're special. You know, this power, do you believe this? This is where the struggle is. Do you believe that God's power is in you? This is where the struggle is. We hear these verses and we think that might be true for Jesus. He needed God's power. It might be true for Peter or Paul, the super saints. But I don't know whether this power will work for me. You know, since you've been a Christian, have you changed? Have you changed in any way? Some of the bad habits, we spoke about habits last year, some of the bad habits that we used to do, we don't do them anymore. How many people don't do those bad habits anymore? Have you grown? Have you grown spiritually? Have you matured in your faith? That's God's power working in you. It's not just osmosis where we get born again, we get saved, we we become a Christian, then all of a sudden we're just automatically changed. The last thing to change really is our thinking, our mind, isn't it? The hard drive of our mind, it's had been conditioned by the world, our surroundings, the people we live with, our family, our backgrounds and all those kinds of things. And we need to renew our minds to the word of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps us to do that as we read our Bibles and we pray. So that's really powerful. So the word of God is powerful and his power works in us. We've got to remember that. But I think, you know what, the new birth is the greatest miracle ever. You are a a new creation in Christ. Do you know that? Who knows what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says? Come on, someone put their hand up and mouth it. I know, you're, I know you're muted, but tell me what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, that we are new creatures in Christ. Is that right? Old things have passed away. All the old things that we used to do have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Say that, I am a new creature in Jesus' name. You know, let's not doubt God's power just because we don't see it physically or experience God's power manifesting all the time, it doesn't mean to say that that power isn't available to us. It's about asking God. I'm sure Jane, in her desperation, when she uh, knew what was going on, she grabbed that Bible. I'm sure in her heart and her mind, she said, help me, Jesus. I don't know what to do. And God helped her. You know, these are the times when we can call on the Lord and he will help us. And I know many people have had things where, you know, you've got your hand trapped. I remember I was working under my Morris Thousand. um, I don't know, it was about a year ago now. And I was doing something with the big leaf springs. And if any of you know cars, they've got these big leaf springs. They've got about five springs in them. And I was undoing a bolt and I had my hand on top of the spring. And guess what happened when I undid the bolt and pulled the bolt out? In my... in my silly thinking, I thought that the, uh, the spring was going to come down, but it went up and it trapped my finger in the spring and I couldn't move. And I could see my hand. It was going numb and my middle finger was being crushed. 
and I managed to call for Esther. I had my phone on me, but I managed to call for Esther and she came downstairs and I'm hanging under the car like this and she's thinking, what's going on? I said, I've got my hand trapped. She says, where? I said, this one, look, look at this. And I got freed. I went to the hospital and I prayed over my finger and I, because I, I, that's the hand where I play my guitar. And I said, Lord, I'm going to believe that that finger is going to be well. And when I looked at it, it was absolutely, the knuckle, the middle knuckle was absolutely flat. But they, the doctor looked at it and he said, there's nothing broken, everything's fine. And within a couple of days, that was fine. Amen. Praise God for that. Don't know where we got with that anyway. Okay. You know, God's power is available to us 24-7. So the first key is the word of God is powerful. The second key is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's now go, let's now go back to 1 Thessalonians 1, 15. Paul again, continuing his letter. He's writing a letter. I mean, we'd have just sent someone a text, wouldn't we? But they didn't have texts in those days. So it says, you received the message with what? Joy from the Holy Spirit. Look at this. In spite of the severe suffering it brought you, in this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. We know that the Lord suffered. We know that these early disciples suffered and they're imitating God by suffering for the sake of the gospel in some way because of persecution. You know, notice the Holy Spirit is the true teacher. We preach and the Holy Spirit carries the message to the heart. Notice also they received the message with joy. Is this because everything was going great in their lives? No, it says they received the, the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering that it brought. You know, these guys were suffering, but still experienced joy. Do you remember when I spoke about Jesus on the cross for the joy that was set before him? He enjoyed the cross and its shame because he could see the day when you and I would give our lives to Jesus. Now, how many millions of people because of Christ's sacrifice for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. How many millions of Christians, thousands of Christians are continuing to give their lives Every day, every day across the globe, people are coming to Jesus. And that's why we preach this gospel. Anyway, you know, this is one of the first things that the enemy wants to steal. He wants to steal our joy. And, you know, he wants to get our minds focused on all the negative stuff that's going on. Let's not meditate on the bad stuff that's going on. Let's think about the good stuff. Start planning for the future. You know, I know the Bible says in, in Matthew 6 about uh, don't worry about tomorrow. That's what we're not to worry about the, the tomorrow, but we can plan for tomorrow, can't we? And we're going to come through this season. We really are. So let's not meditate. Uh, Philippians 4, you don't have to go there. It says meditate on whatever is good. So that's think about everything that's good or pure or lovely. You know, the passion says of Philippians 4, 8, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God and the God of peace will be with you. What will be the result of us focusing on God? Peace. Peace will guard our hearts and minds. That's what that verse says, I think, in the New King James, as we read that on further. And you know, these saints of old experienced far greater suffering and persecution that we do, and yet they were joyful about it. Now, if you've got your, your Bibles open there, keep your place in 1 Thessalonians. Just go with me to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, the New Living. I'm just going to read a couple of verses from there. 
Look what Paul says about his weaknesses and persecutions. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, New Living. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. Look at that. So that the what? The power of Christ can work not just in me, but through me. The power of God not only works in us to do what we can't do in our own natural strength, but we must believe that the power of God works in and through us as well. You know, when you pray for people, you need to pray for the power of God to work through you when you pray for people. Amen. Especially when we're praying for someone who's sick and believe that God's power not only just works in you and lives in you, but will work through you. He says, goes on to say, delighted in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God's power literally empowers us. That's what grace is to do what we can't do in our own natural strength and ability. That's why we need to talk about the grace of God often. We did a series on that last year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great thing to remember that God is able to do whatever he can do through you, through the strength and the power that works in you via the Holy Spirit that's in you. You know, Paul was in jail in Philippi and he was isolated and, and in lockdown. And he said in, in the book of Philippians, always be joyful and full of the Lord. And he says, again, I say rejoice. And Paul said the joy of the Lord is his strength. If we look through the book of Philippians, we can see that joy and rejoicing is a major theme of what Paul was speaking about. And yet he's in prison. And that wasn't like a prison that we know where the lags have uh, and the prison inmates. I've been in prisons, uh, not for my own crimes, but I've visited people in, in prison and uh, they've got TVs and everything else. And I know it's very it's not nice to be isolated and locked up like that. But, you know, do the crime. You've got to do the time. That's what they say. But I'm sure his prison wasn't like that. Dirk and dank and horrible and not sure when he's going to come out. But, you know, he was never he never thought about his own life. He was always constantly thinking about others. And, you know, talking about joy, not joy French or anyone else called joy, but talking about joy. This joy isn't something we try and drum up. Well, I'm feeling a bit low today, so I better drum up some joy. No, joy is what? It's a fruit of the spirit, isn't it? Galatians 5 says the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. What's the other one? Self-control is the last one. I know that. But that's a fruit of the spirit. And he gives us this joy as we walk in the spirit, as we ask God to fill us with his spirit. Amen. Right. We're going to go back to uh, 1 Thessalonians verse 7. We're going to have a look at this of how what, how, what to impact the gospel had on these young believers. And they were young believers. It says in verse seven, as a result, you have become an example. Look at that. As a result of your joy, because of your persecution and in spite of your persecution, you have become an example. Look at this to all the believers in Greece and throughout both Macedonia and Archaea. You know, Macedonia is 200 miles away. Archaea is 500 miles away. There's no mobile phones. There's no emails. There's no EasyJet. There's no Uber. There's no TV. There's no Sky News. There's no CNN. There's no BBC News. And yet the news of their faith went to those places. How is that possible? 
It spread everywhere. It says that their faith had great effect on others. You know, our faith, the testimonies of our faith uh, give others, you know, encouragement. Ours can affect others. Our faith can encourage others to stand strong in the Lord. Amen. That's why it's good to have testimonies, especially in the difficult times that we live in. Let's go to verse eight. The Amplified says, for the word of the Lord, there's the word again. For the word of the Lord has resounded from you and has echoed like thunder, not only in Macedonia and Archaea, that's where we read that it went to. That's what they said earlier in that early verse. But look at what it says in the next part of the verse. But in every place, the news of your great faith in God has spread so that we never need to say anything about it. So here's the third key. First key is the word of God. The second key is the power of God. So we need to realize that God's word is powerful. And the third key to living a victorious life. These believers had great faith and great faith. Faith comes from hearing the word continually, just like you're hearing the word right now. Faith comes from continually hearing and hearing by the word of God. And these new believers, it says, the news of their great faith has spread. You know, the Greek for faith in this verse means this. It means to believe or trust in. It means to fully persuade. I'm reminded, I think it's in Romans 4 with Abraham, where it says where Abraham believed God. He was fully persuaded that God could produce through him, even though he was 99, nearly 100, and Sarah was in old age, but I believe Sarah was a bit of a good looker. Sarah was a bit of a, a babe, because I think it was Abimelech that wanted to take him into the harem when she was old. So she must have been a good looker, eh? Can you believe that? But he was fully persuaded that God was still able to bring a child through his loins. And it says that he was fully persuaded in one particular passage or one particular translation that God was able to do what he promised. And he didn't have a Bible. Just like these Thessalonian believers, these young Christians, they didn't have a Bible between them. They hadn't got the word of God. They just got a letter from Paul encouraging them. And then Timothy comes along to see how strong their faith is. They hadn't attended the 12 week course on faith and how to stay strong in the midst of trials. They had no faith teaching, yet it says their faith, they had such strong faith. And it was a witness. Their faith was a witness to all the surrounding regions. And again, there were no emails, there were no texts, there were no phones. And so this was word of mouth. So Paul and Silas and Timothy would go around preaching the gospel, planting churches, and the word of, you know, God was just expanding throughout the earth. Even despite, you know, when Paul was in prison, even in spite of him being in prison, the gospel was still going out. Amen. You know, last week I spoke about being in a race. How many of you are on the racetrack? Four of you. I'm so glad. I'm so pumped that these messages are having a, a really good impact on you. It's amazing. You know, runners. I know we've got some runners in our midst. I know some people that wake up in the morning and they say, right, babe, I'm going out just for a short 10 mile run. You know, wave your hand if that was you. Yeah, one of them is Nathan. And I know Tim, 
Tim would run on a Sunday and he'd say, I'm going out running today, Pastor. I said, oh yeah, how many miles are you going to do? He'd say, oh, I'll do about 13. I mean, that's bonkers, isn't it? Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join you guys. Next time you go running, phone me and I'm going to join you and I'll do my exercise. Yeah, I think that's good exercise. A few press-ups there. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's all that's going to happen to me. That's all I'm going to do. You know, runners don't just say they're going to do a 10-mile run without building up to it and preparing. Is that right? Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, I know I'm giving you lots of scriptures, but I just want to give you them today. The New Living says this in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, physical exercise has some value. There you go, guys. So all the guys doing physical exercise, see, I'm doing mine again. There we go. Has some value. But spiritual exercise is much more important. Look at this for the promise of reward, both in this life and the next. This life isn't all there is to life, people. This life isn't all there is to life. There's a life after this life. We have the gift and the power of God within us to share that life and power with people who don't know, who don't have that life and power. Amen. That's another reason. That's the reason the church exists, not just to do this. Not just to have great services, and it's great to do that. It's great to gather, great to worship, great to hear the word. But there's a lot of people out there who don't know Jesus. And we, you know, we've got to, we've got to start praying, guys, about our one mores. Our one more. It's great to see ones and twos come into faith. I hear of churches in America where they've gone online. There's no physical, there were no physical services. And one church has grown by about 10,000 people. People are hungry for something spiritual. And they're only going to get it from us. Okay. Spiritual exercise is more important than physical exercise. We need to look after our bodies and that's good. We look after, need to look after, after our minds and that's good. But we need to look after our spirit. Okay. Here's another scripture for you. I am going somewhere. Ecclesiastes 10.10. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10, the new living. Just jot the scripture down. Look at this. Using a dull axe requires great strength to sharpen. So let me read that again. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Now, I want you to bear with me for a moment because in December, talking about sharpening the axe, I think Andrew's on here somewhere. So I hope you've got your axe sitting next to Andrew. Who remembers that, that message that he preached and he's got his axe sitting next to us? I got a bit scared that Sunday. Anyway, I had some logs in December and I wanted to cut the logs. And I put one log on my little bench thing and I started to cut it and it took me forever. And I thought, I know, I'll ring Andrew and see if he's got something for me that might be able to help me. So I rang him and he said, I've got a chainsaw. Now, what I want you to do is use your imagination. Okay, just think that this is a just think that this is a chainsaw. Just bear with me, humor me for a minute. This is a chainsaw. So I got the chainsaw and I managed to, you know, do my job and everything else. And I went to take the, the stuff back. I had to dress up. I put a hard hat on. I had to have a mask and goggles and all that kind of thing. And I went to Andrew and he said, how did you get on? I said, you know what, Andrew, it took me three hours to cut one log. He said, three hours to cut one log. How did you manage that? I said, I don't know. It was just such hard work. And he took the, he took the thing off me and he went, Vroom. and I said, what's that noise? Did you get that? You might get that later. Might have just gone over your heads. Anyway, so I've got, so I'm doing, 
I'm doing that, you see. Got to turn it on. Got to turn the power on. You know, I think lockdown has caused many of us to run on empty. Some are spiritually, physically and emotionally drained. We have to take time out to sharpen our axe. That's what this scripture is all about. We need to take time to pray. Do the first things that we used to do, to study, draw near, make sure you get involved in the life of the church. Get in a life group, get connected. If you're not connected, what are you? What's the opposite of connected? It's disconnected, isn't it? And when we're disconnected, we become a target for the enemy. Amen. So to recap, I'm, 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 I'm getting there. I know it's 11 o'clock, but just bear with me. Key one, the word of God is full of power. So what should we do? Study it, believe it, receive it and act upon it. Key two, be filled with the spirit. Be constantly filled and walk in God's power and strength and not in your own strength. Key three, these young believers had strong faith. Faith is when they believe what they heard. We need to build our faith up. How often must we build our faith up? Once a week. It's no good just, you know, going from week to week. You know, if you never pick your Bible up in the week and you only get it on Sunday, that's not going to do you any good. Listen to messages. Build your faith up every day. Okay, key four. I'm, I'm getting there now. The, the living, uh, for, key four for living the victorious life is perseverance. Go down to 2 Thessalonians now, the next book over to 1, 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. I'm going to read from the New American Standard. Can have a sit now. Rock on. I'm preaching myself happy. I don't care. We always, we ought always to give thanks to God. Isn't that good? Let's give thanks all of the time, not for the situation, but in every situation. Give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is only fitting, because your faith is increasing abundantly. And the love of each of you, every one of you toward one another grows ever greater. Is our love growing more for God? Is it as our love growing more for one another? And you know what? If their faith could increase abundantly, so can ours. I want to get down to verse four. That's where I want to get to. As a result, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your, everyone say, perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions, which you endure. We learned about endurance last week. That word perseverance in the Greek means this. It means patience. How many of you have got patience? Give me patience, Lord, and give it to me now. Or endurance. That's what it means. It means steadfastness in difficult circumstances. That's what it means. This means these guys were not surrendering to their circumstances or running away from their situation. God came through for them. I want to say to you today, God is going to come through for you. No matter what you're facing, God is going to come through for you. Say that. God is going to come through for me. Sometimes I don't know how. I don't know why he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it, but God is going to do it. Okay, key five. We need godly people in our lives to encourage and challenge us to stay on the racetrack. They had Paul, Silas and Timothy. Who have you got? 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 1. Go back two verses. Verse 2. Yeah, verse 1 says, You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we have been treated at Philippi. This is Paul writing to these guys and saying, we were treated badly at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. 
Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. They had great opposition. But Paul and Silas and Timothy, they were going to go out and preach the gospel regardless of that opposition. That's when these believers became believers and other people became believers because of their faith that went out throughout all those, all those regions. So these believers could see that Paul and Timothy also suffered and they were determined to preach in every city despite that persecution. Look at the language in the next verse. Go to verse seven. The B part of the verse says like this, says, says, says this. We were like a mother feeding and caring for our own children. Verse eight, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Can you see that? Paul and Silas and Timothy didn't just go to preach just to get the gospel out, but he shared his life with them. You know, we need to do life with people that are going to build us up and care for us. We need a father in the Lord like Paul who will encourage us and challenge us. And we need to be like a brother or a sister, sister having Timothys in our lives that we can encourage and spur on. Can you say amen? Okay, I'm coming into land now. That's why we need the body of Christ, guys. That's why we've got to stay connected to one another, to God, to each other, like the cross. This this vertical uh, post is for our relationship with God. We've got to keep that close. And this vertical relationship is the relationship we have with each other. We need to stay close together. Okay, the last key, key six, to live a victorious life is praise. Everyone say praise. Psalm 34 verse 1. I'm going to go through these few scriptures very quickly. Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How often should we praise the Lord? Only in good times. I'm only going to praise you when it's good, Lord. How can I praise you when times aren't so good? That's the time to praise God. How often? Continually at all times. Psalm 42, verse 5, New King James. Why are you cast down? David is talking to his soul. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? He's complaining in one sense, but look at the next verse. Next part of the verse, hope in God. That's where our hope is, guys. It's in God, nothing else. Nothing in this world can give us hope outside of Jesus. For I shall yet praise him. For the help of his countenance. Praise is a weapon of our warfare. How often should we praise? Every day, in spite of the circumstances. Isaiah 61 verse 3. The garment, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you feel heavy like Cindy did last week, you just begin to praise. You know what? The enemy cannot stand you praising. He's not going to stick around if you're praising. Last verse of scripture. Two, aren't you glad? Oh, it's finished. I've I've turned to 5,000 scriptures. Why does he do that? Why so many? I just want to share truth with you. I want to share the love of God with you. I want to share the life of God with you. This is where the life is. In nothing that I say, 2 Timothy 22, verse 4, New King James. 2 Samuel 22, sorry. I'm just getting so excited. I don't know what I'm looking at. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies.
when Jehoshaphat and all his people began to praise when all the enemies around him surrounded them and said they were going to come and attack you. And they were more numerous than Jehoshaphat's army or his people. They fasted and prayed and God delivered them. We just finished fasting and praying. I'm closing now. If you just want to close your eyes for a moment and just let's just meditate and think on what we've just heard. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Fields Church, would like to contact us or have prayer requests, please email hello at fieldschurch.uk and we'll get back to you. May God bless you this day.